Hey guys, welcome back to the Feeding Podcast. Today we have an amazing episode for you. Today we have Mustafa Alakumi, who's got over 20 years of experience teaching in the education field. We spoke about his journey to Finland to learn about their education system, talked about Islamic schools, homeschooling, public schooling, where, um, what's best for your children, and I just have opinions on the topic of how the education system is going now in the 21st century. I hope you guys do enjoy the episode. Remember to take notes and enjoy. In the moment, which is the big, biggest problem, alhamdulillah. That's true. Akhir, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I think it would be nice. I wanted to continue what we were chatting about before, where um, with raising children, you know, we maybe us boys, you know, had the habit whenever someone said, Don't do this, you want to do it more. Mm. And it kind of gives you that fire inside. It's like, I want to do it. Even if no one was around, like, it's like that test was like, Don't touch the red button. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it just there's all these problems, just funny videos and stuff. But then you're touching on when you have kids, instead of saying like "don't jump on the table," like keep your feet on the floor, mm. and that you said the word "don't." Well, what did you describe yeah. that as? So there's a positive framing <coughs> of the of the statement, and then there's negative framing. Negative framing is the "don't," "do not," you know, um, you know, along those lines. Whereas the positive framing is just. <coughs> No negative words whatsoever. So mm. the example I think you used earlier was the feet on the ground. Mm. If you don't want them to climb the tables, you go, you know, in this house we have feet on the ground. Mm. They go, okay, that's a, that's an easy rule to follow, feet mm. on the ground. Whereas um, if you say don't get up on the table, automatically the child goes, why? Mm. What's going to happen? I'm going to get on the table. Mm. Let's see how far this goes. Mm. And there's, um, you know, and uh, there are you know, some kids that are very defiant of authority. So they basically will go at you no matter what. And uh, I've taught a few kids like that before um, where they, you know, they'll, they'll blatantly say no. Mm. No, what are you going to do about it? And then you got to kind of, you know, work with them mm. as, as much as possible. Um, yeah. But what do you see works with those types of kids? Like, obviously, you've had trial and error moments. I'm pretty sure you've. You know, maybe wanted to <laughs> test the waters a bit. Maybe if the, 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 the you put the hammer down, does that work? Or is it something a little bit more right. along the lines of, let me meet them at their level and ask them what's going on or why they're acting this way. Yeah. Well, disclaimer, what happened at Werribee stays at Werribee. With those type of kids, you can't you can't come at them. Yeah, they'll just stand the ground. And especially if you've got a classroom full of, you know, 20, 25 kids, you're trying to get the, the work done. One kid's defiant. You know, you can't sit there and begin having a, a verbal back and back and forth. You're affecting the li- you know the, the learning time of everybody else. So you got to kind of say, okay, you're making a scene when it's my time. I'm going to be communicating with you when it's your time, right? And it's not about oh you have a lunchtime detention or recess detention and then they sit there in silence and things like that. It's like no no, let's have a chat. And you can sometimes you can pull them out of class. So um, one technique I've like doing because a lot of the defiant people tend to be boys and boys tend to love their sports class mm. so i'd <laughs> specifically target their sports class and say we're going to have our restorative chat now yeah <laughs> you know? I'd burn. Oh, yeah <laughs> big time and when you're missing out on sports mm. and you know you can hear them playing outside or they've just jumped on the bus and they're going to you know a stadium to play guess what next time in class you know they they, they you know they taper down <laughs> but it's not about you know, forming those negative uh, boundaries, you know, if you don't do this or if you do this, I'm going to do this. Mm. At the end of the day, 
you you know, and and oh, just add this with some some teachers go to into class, and they're already in war mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they walk in and they're already all right. You know, he's eight C. These guys, uh, you know, that's it. And they go in fighting. It's like there's 25 of them. There's only one of you. Yeah. You know? And you're going to leave that class and take on another 25 kids in the following period and another 25 kids. <coughs> now, what are you doing to yourself? You're going to yeah. burn yourself out. Um, so it's a matter of, okay, we need to get something done. And a technique that I use with, with those students when I remind them is every lesson I have, I have a certain amount of information I need to get through. There's a lesson plan. I need to hit my lesson plan. Yeah. The quicker I hit my lesson plan... You know, the more, you know, time you have to ask questions or communicate with each other or, you know, have a bit more of your, your own uh, choices of what to do. But if I don't hit my lesson plan, then that the end of that lesson gets added on to the next one. And then we have a double period where we're just smashing it out. Why? Because, you know, you, you've held me up every single time. Mm-hmm. So once they get into that, that process of knowing that, okay, I've still got five minutes to go and it's going to be added on to the next lesson, you know, the lesson, you know, oh, five minutes ago, on oh no. And the one thing about teaching, must, must do, always do what you say. Mm. If you say something ridiculous, like, you know, you have a lunchtime attention for a whole week, you can't Come go back in down. Oh, at all. Yeah. Because you lose total credibility yeah. with the kids. So always be conscious of what you say. It's like the mob. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know, it's good to it's good to know the right students. It's good to communicate the right students. And um, experienced teachers will probably you know know this that there's certain kids in the class that you know you need to have these kids on side. Mm. On if your side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're on side, yeah. oh bro, you just look, you have a look at the kid. They see you getting frustrated. Yeah. And that kid will go on and go, hey, be quiet. Hey, uh-huh. get off the lesson. Yeah. You know, and it's just that little look, that little nod, mm. and then that you know, little wink. You know, that's it. True. That's all it takes. And it is kind of a it's mo- the mob, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. It's that, one, it's that one kid rebels, then they all start to Loki rebel as well. Oh yeah, you know? that that fire started. And it, and a lot of times, it's not where the commotion is; it's where the commotion is not that started yeah. the whole or instigated the whole situation. Okay. What I call the fire starters. Yeah. So there's been times in, in, in my teaching practice, something goes down over there, I have a look, and you can see them kind of looking over in the corner of their eye, of their eye getting approval from someone else. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. And when it goes down, I kind of step back. I want to I want to let it play out a little bit to see what's going on. And then I'll just quietly walk over to the fire starter and say, if that happens again, yeah. you know, you're the one that's going to get the chronicle entry or you're the one that's going to get the demerit or, or the after school. I'm yeah. coming for you. And they're like, what? Guess what? It doesn't happen again. Mm. You know, if it's about to happen again, I look over and be, and that person will be like, hey, shush, be quiet. You know, and that takes control. So mm. so it's getting these type of, you know, these kids who are very defiant, disruptive, you know, on side. Also, a lot of the times kids are disruptive because they just don't understand. Mm. They don't understand the topic. Yeah, they don't understand the content, they don't understand the topic, they haven't done the extra readings or anything like that. So in order to not be singled out, you know, for not understanding, they'll disrupt the class. Yeah. And they'll keep pushing to disrupt the class because the teacher won't, I'll get the teacher's attention by them disciplining me Mm. or kicking me out of class or doing whatever, you know, sending me to the library, writing, doing this, doing that. 
And that way I don't have to do the work. Therefore, I, I can save face that I don't understand. True. So a lot of these kids, you have to be able to differentiate your class. So you have to ha- come in with at least three levels, you know. And it's difficult when you've got 25 kids and you, each one's got their own personality, each one's got their own, you know, way of doing things. You have to actually, you know, categorise them in three categories, you know, a high level, medium level and a low level student. Mm-hmm. And you can never ever tell them which worksheet you're giving them as well. Mm-hmm. So you to give them and mark them on that and and praise the kids. The kids are... They're humans at the end of the day. If you know, if you keep telling them they're they're useless, they're worthless, they're useless. Yeah. You know, there's a saying that says labeling is disabling. Mm-hmm. The moment you label the kid as being you know useless, okay, well I'm useless. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no more expectations. You know, you've set the bar down here. Yeah. But if you say, listen, you're amazing. We need to work out to be for you to be a superstar. Mm. Yeah, I don't want you here. You know. I want you up there. So, for example, I love teaching the, the lower kids. And my fir- one of my first lessons is we are going to absolutely smash these high-achieving kids in the other classes. We're yeah. going to take them on. Yeah. And I need at least six of you in this class to beat their top kids or match their top kids. And they get fired up. Com- competition. Yeah. And then they start saying, oh, no, they're smart, we're dumb, all the rest of it. I'm like... And that's when, I don't know if it's teacher arrogance or, or yeah. confidence. Yeah. I'm like, do you know who I am? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm Mr. Lakumi, man. I'm a bio-psych teacher. I teach you 11s and 12s, this stuff. Yeah. You know, we're going to smash them. Mm. And then slowly but surely, slowly but surely. And it's about, you know, the end picture. It's not about content. It's about understanding. Mm. And I think uh, um, the way the teaching systems you know, progress now, there's so much paperwork that we have to do. It's just paperwork upon paperwork upon paperwork. Um, you know, we have to... And all these standardised tests. And when they get the standardised tests, what did you get? What did you get? Starts ranking these kids. And ranking kids is actually detrimental to their, their mm-hmm. educational improvements. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a fan of it. Especially in primary school. Mm-hmm. Don't rank the kids at all. Mm-hmm. Wait, what are you ranking the kids against? <coughs> Themselves. Okay. So, you know, your first place, second place, third place, yep. fourth place. Now I understand, all right... Getting into university, you has to have some type of ATAR ranking system yeah, yeah. to you know so they can filter out. I, I totally understand that, but you've got you know do that in eleven and twelve. Yeah, you know, it should be about building up skill sets. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem solving, the analyzing, the critical thinking, build that up. Yeah. you know, and you can only build that up with a with a love for learning. So at primary school, it should be all centered around giving the child a love for learning. Asking the questions, not like inshallah. When, when you guys get married, you have kids. Yeah, sure. They get to a certain age, around two, three, and yeah. everything's. But why? Yeah. But why? <laughs> but why? And you're like, oh, what do you mean? But why? <laughs> yeah. And if you tell the kid, you know, be quiet. Yeah. You know, sit down, don't say anything. Yeah. You've actually just reduced. You've reduced that that child. Mm-hmm. And as annoying as it is, you just have to keep going. Oh, because of this, Baba. Because of this, Baba. Hey, because of that. Because of this. Now, it's easier said than done. Yeah. You know, I've got four children of my own, I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> it's easier said than done. Sometimes you've had a ba- bad day or hard day at work. You come home, you just want that 10 minutes just to chill out and relax. But and why? your kids are saying, yeah. But why? Mum said we can't have this. Why? <laughs> oh, because it's dangerous. But why is it dangerous? Yeah. Oh, because it might hurt you. Yeah, but but why? But what if I use it well and, and, and I don't use it like that? But, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Sit on the side, man. So in primary school, you know, there's no need. To, uh, personally, this is me speaking. This is not affiliation to anybody else. Yeah. But my own understanding and philosophy. You don't need to grade the kids. And um, sorry, I've spoken a little bit, but I'm going to continue. Mm-hmm. Inshallah. In 2015, I went to Finland. Mm-hmm. And I was over there and we checked out the, or I checked out the education system over there. And a lot of things in Finland blew my mind. Yeah. Really, really blew my mind. One thing that blew my mind is that their summer was a top of 21, 22. This, it was beautiful in the sunshine, but ice cold wind and yeah. people walking around in singlets. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, you guys are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really yeah. blew my mind. But I remember, I remember walking uh, with the principal and he was giving us a tour around his school um, in the Espo. Espo? Not Helsinki, the other biggest city. I think it's, it's called Espo. Mm-hmm. So we had a primary school there. And as we're walking around, I'm watching this kid climb a tree. Mm-hmm. And he's going up and up. And he would have been probably about 20 meters or so off the ground. Like massive, massive tree. And he's talking, he's telling us about the history of the school. And, all that, and I'm, I've zoned out <laughs> completely. And I'm watching this kid. And, uh, and as we're about to turn the corner, I go, excuse me. He goes, yes, okay. Um, there's a kid up in that tree. Is somebody going to help him down? He looks up. He goes, No. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean no? I go, what if he falls? He goes, if we send somebody, mm. I'm going to say, sorry, he goes, if he worked his way up, he'll be able to work his way back down. If we send somebody there to go help him for the rest of his life, when he's faced with a problem, he'll be relying on somebody else to help him out of it. Yeah. And I just went, ah, this kid would be no more than eight. Yeah. You know, around probably eight, maximum nine. And I just went, wow, talk about uh, opener. I go, but what if he falls down and breaks a leg? And he goes, he said, we, the, the people of Finland, or the parents of Finland, understand there's an element of risk when you send your kids to school, just like there's an element of risk when you send your kids to go play sports yeah. or cross the road or anything. Mm-hmm. So if they come home with a broken arm, they know that we didn't break their arm, mm. but they broke it doing something, learning, mm-hmm. you know, or, or some type of, you know, the education from it. Yeah. And I just went, Wow. And the whole and the whole system is based on that. I mean, the, the system over there is. I mean, we always try to compare ourselves, but um, you know, we're Australia. We're different. Our kids are different. Our kids are. Um, you know, uh, a lot of our kids are very energetic. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but they were amazing. Like two grades. I remember two grade six girls just got up and walked out of class. I'm like, where are they going? He goes, probably the toilets. <laughs> like, are you going to ask them? He goes, no, what for? And I'm, I'm tripping out because yeah. we've got duty yeah. of care and negligence and if, you know, someone walks out of your class yeah. and something happens to them, you're liable. Yeah. You know, you lose your whole teacher registration and everything like that. It's like, <laughs> wow, this is crazy. Just let them go. Yeah. And I'm like, it didn't make sense to me. So they came back and I said, um, where did you two go? No, we went to the bathroom. I went, okay. And I told him, I go, weren't you worried? He goes, no. He goes, let's stay in school grounds, but... They have a deadline. By the end of this period, they have to finish this. Yeah. And we operate on a system of trust and accountability. I trust them to get the job done mm-hmm. and yet be accountable if they don't. Yeah. And I went, wow. So it, the trip to Finland really, really blew my mind. Um, and then, but obviously coming, trying to implement things here, you know, a bit, a bit crazy. Uh, oh, sorry to 
I'm, I'm, I'm We're loving this all. Oh, <laughs> I had a, I was, that reminded me. Um, I had an into uh, a meeting with uh, three people from the education department. This is back in I think 2014, and uh, three older uh, ladies, and we were talking about, you know, uh, improving the system. And one of the um, things we're going to do is introduce uh, like a tablet that the teacher has full control over. And you can't add any apps except the apps that the teacher allows. And it belongs to the school and the student hires the app. So, And also there's a program that the teacher at any time can see whatever's on the screen of any student or transpose whatever student's tablet onto the big screen and then you know you can run by what that mm. student's doing and everybody can see and that student can explain things to the class. So we're trying to push through this program. And in the conversation and chatting and things like that, they kept on shutting me down completely. I'm like, these guys don't want to, you know. I just got that mi- got that feeling. And I asked the uh, a question. I said, um, "How many?" I, 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 no, what is that? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, okay, you guys in policy making positions, right? And they said, "Yeah." You, and I said, "For the whole education state of Victoria." And they said, yeah. I'm like, how many of you have actually been inside a classroom? Oh, um, we have one ex-principal at that time and one ex-teacher that was teaching for 10 years. Okay, so you got two people. How many staff are about 60? Okay, so two out of 60 people. So 1% really. Yeah. yeah. Have experience inside the classroom. Yet you're making policy decisions and telling us as teachers on the ground level what we should be doing. You've got no idea what's in the classroom. You should be asking us. And she basically said, one of them said, that's politics. That was it. Blatantly. Blatantly, that's politics. That's politics. That's it. Because you, to get to that position, you have to have a political major or poli- you know, yeah. politics at university. You have to go through that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And those two people, I said, are they in a position of influence where they can't influence the policy? No. We can get. We can ask them for advice. Yeah, and that's why I, I said the education that. state. Yeah. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Like you have people that are actually pulling the trigger on policies that are going to affect the future of children, and not one of them actually has any idea what goes on in the classroom. Hundred percent. It's like reading those parenting books of people that haven't got any kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't even have any kids. Parenting kids dummies one hundred and one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's just silly. You wouldn't do that. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't go to a you know a dentist who studied to be a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. And then said, you know, well, I'll you know change this bolt and this nut on this car and this spark plug and whatever. Obviously, I have no idea about cars. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I can actually pull your teeth out and put a crown in and and put some falsies yeah. in for you. No worries. Like yeah. But that's the system we have now. Now that was back in about 2014. So I don't know if it's changed. Yeah. yeah. I strongly suggest it hasn't. Like I'm. I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but well, you've I been in the classroom, so you'd know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been, yeah, on the ground level. You know what I wanted to ask about, sorry. Um, you know, like you, you've seen over the years, you know, the core values, because this is what I see from what I understood from your trip to Finland, is that the core morals and ethics and values of the people that actually are in this place, like these people from Finland, in comparison to people from Australia, they're just different, you know? Like there's this element of, like you were saying, trust mm. and accountability. So, like, you feel like that's something that's a little bit more inherent within the people? Yes. Or is it more so the school itself? 
it's more a community. Mm. Like the, the, the Finnish people are very innovative. And they know to be innovative, you have to take risks. You know, you have to try things and do things out of the, the norm, you know, to get things done. But I'm not, it's not also not saying that every single Finnish kid is an absolute superstar genius. Mm, yeah. You know, but you know, some kids are, you know, not very intelligent and not cut out for school. That's normal. But um, but the system over there is amazing. Now, one of the comments that they use, for example, is success breeds success. So to be a generalist teacher at primary school, you have to get it, like, for example, equivalent an ATAR mm. over 90. Mm. Right? To, to be, be a primary school teacher. Primary school teacher. To be a specialist teacher, yeah. so to teach biochemistry, physics, maths, mm. whatever, at the high level, year 11s and 12s, you have to get over 95 ATAR. You know, I, as equivalent. Mm. So success breeds success. And the teachers are highly encouraged to continue doing research and publishing papers and journals. Yeah. And at least graduating with their masters. That's why Australia's changed the system, I think. Allah alam. Mm-hmm. That's just for me. More. That's it. Sorry? They're just paying more now. Yeah, yeah a lot more. <laughs> you know, and but, but that now when the teacher's at a 95 ATAR, has walked back into the classroom, that teacher knows what needs to be done mm. to get that 95. Because they've lived the moment. Yeah. They can live the moment and then, you know, express it and how to, how to get there. Yep. Whereas if the t- kid or the teacher just finally gets, uh, scrapes through, I've got nothing else, I'll yeah. go into teaching and they're there just for the paycheck. You don't become a teacher for the paycheck. Yeah. You know, that, that's, <laughs> that's a given. If you're there for the paycheck, you're in the wrong profession. Yeah, I love yeah. much of it. Because it's already not worth it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, the amount of pressure you get from the parents and the, the kids mm. and admin to do all your work and everything like that, it's not even worth it. Mm. In Finland, teachers are on par with doctors and lawyers, for example, in, in terms of their pay. They're highly, Fair highly enough. respected. Mm. Highly respected in the community, teachers. And they're the future of the country, and they understand this. You know, you can be a doctor, you're a doctor for yourself. You're yeah. you know, a lawyer, you're a lawyer for yourself. But a teacher, the future of this country, yeah. is based on innovation mm. and teaching these kids. And Finland's, I think, I think about 5 million, 6 million people mm-hmm. yeah. around there. Not many people. Yeah. And they f- they flourish because of the innovation. Oh, d- oh sorry, I haven't got it. No, I wanted yeah. uh, because you spoke about Finland and the ATAR it takes, like in obviously they might not use um, the same terms, but do you know what it is here? Like maybe the average ATAR teacher might have or the profession, the education profession. Uh, so we can put a kind of idea to it, you know? Um, I'm not 100% sure, okay. but I'm, it's probably around 70 or so, 70, 80s, maybe 60s. I, I but that's just yeah, you're not sure. Absolute guess. That's fine. But I had I had a lot of questions because obviously coming in coming from Finland, like even though it was 2015, yeah. Yeah, you probably wanted to implement certain things. You said that sometimes it's very difficult um, with 25 students, and just sometimes we hear how the ed- um, education system's flawed and stuff like that. Is 25 students like too much in a classroom? Is it dependent on the teacher? <laughs> dependent on the the content? Well. Um, there's a, a researcher by the name of John Hattie who um, looked at effect sizes of different conditions. And there's over 250 uh, variables that he looked at. And one of them was class sizes. And the it's only a very small difference by having smaller class pl- sizes as a whole. And he looked at, I think it was like um, 300,000 studies. He did a meta-analysis, so 300,000 studies worldwide yeah. about these things. Oh, yeah, it's, being, it's called uh, visual learning, if you yeah. want to. And I look it up. Visual learning, I think it's called visual. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, it's been a while. So, <laughs> um, and the effect size, I think, is, is, is zero point two for smaller class sizes, which is not 
That's the only difference. Yeah, not much, not much, okay. not much at all. So um, it's not necessarily the, the class sizes. It comes down to, uh, I suppose, each. I suppose each school, each dynamic is 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 very different. First of all, is connection with the child. If you cannot establish a connection with the child, you need to be able to establish that connection with twenty five kids. Mm. You know, and um, <laughs> that just brought to me. There was a you know there's there's uh there's video memes of <laughs> teachers greeting kids yeah. in <laughs> you oh, know yeah. America and they Hand got handshakes yeah. and yeah, high yeah, fives yeah, yeah, yeah. and then teachers greeting kids in Arab countries <laughs> 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 you know and that's the thing because we 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 got taught that way you know with the stick yeah so we think the stick's going to work the stick does not work exactly it's connections that work and if you can establish that connection with the twenty five kids and it's just a process, and they're gonna have good days. They're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have good days and bad days, but it's about the journey and getting to the, the, your destination. Mm. You know, you know, and uh, that that famous saying of you know judging a fish by its ability to, to you know to climb a tree. You know, it's a fish. Mm -hmm. yeah. It does its things its own way. So not everybody's cut out to be you know a university student. Yeah. You know, going in there getting their masters and you know, but this kid can still learn in other ways. And intelligence is broad. You know, the fact that you know how to tie up your shoelace is a form of intelligence. Mm. You know, if I don't know how to do it and you know how to do it, then you're more intelligent than me mm. in that aspect. Mm. And you reward that. You propagate that and say, mm. wow, amazing. And you keep promoting that. And it's slowly but surely you'll find kids want to do things in your class. So I remember in a parent-teacher interview, uh, a parent came and said to me and she said, Mr. Alakumi, he does no homework for any other class except yours. And he tells me he hates science. What are you doing to make my son do his work? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't I, don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm any different. You know, I'm not forcing him. I'm not giving, you know, asking detentions. I'm not keeping him out of recess and lunchtime to get it done. Mm. Nothing at all. I, I don't, I actually don't know. I treat him like I would want to be treated when I was a kid. Mm. You know, they're humans at the end, the end of the day. They're mini humans, mm. a lot more emotional, a lot more emotionally charged. So you got to take that on board. And as the as the adult in the room, sometimes a student might drop a comment here and there that really frustrates you. You got to learn to say, okay, disengage. Yeah, it's not personal. Yeah, I'll have a chat with you a bit later on about language use in the class. Continue on for what you need to do. And then make sure you follow up. Yeah. You know, and the follow up is, you know, we're in a school. We're here to learn. You know, this kind of language is not productive. Could you have used other type of language? What you know, what could you have done differently? You know, yeah. who did you affect in you know in saying this language or doing this action? And to get the kids to reflect. Now the brain develops, you know, inside out. So so inside out, mm. and bottom up. So from and the bottom up goes, you know. You got the you know the from the brainstem. You got the limbic system. Limbic system is you know all about emotions and things like that. The frontal cortex is the problem solving and, and higher order thinking skills and all the rest of it, right? These kids and especially boys at year eight, year nine, they don't have the <laughs> the frontal cortex yeah. going, you know, or very very few are starting to tap into it. A lot of kids are not. They're highly emotional, yeah. you know, um, and you got to take that into consideration. It's like you guys. I'm not going to put you guys on the spot here. Oh, no, <laughs> please forgive me. Yeah. 
you're now you're rational beings. You can hold conversations. You can think things through. You're you know critical. You know analyze things. I've seen some of your podcasts, mashallah. You know high level thinking skills, mashallah, tabarakallah. But when you're at a soccer game, oh my god, and you're playing, <laughs> right? I'm sorry to point your finger at you, but you're playing. <laughs> You know, where are those thinking and reasoning skills then? Well, don't say nothing. Help. What happens on the course? <laughs> 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 no, they're out the window. So in that <laughs> moment, when yeah. you're highly charged, mm-hmm. you know, and you guys are acting out emotionally, yeah, you know, and and lashing out and getting aggressive and angry, it's the same thing with with a student in class. Yeah, you know, when things aren't going their way. Mm. And then it had, you know, the frontal cortex, uh, you know, um, developed. They're going to lash out emotionally. So you need to take that into consideration, you know. Um, Would you say that's one's true self when they're in that state where <coughs> you remove, like, I guess, the, the effects of the prefrontal cortex? You know, like when, you know how often mm-hmm. people say, like, you can judge a person when they're completely, like, in the moment and they haven't analysed everything completely. One of those moments is, like, when you're playing sport, you know, where... A lot of it is just emotion and ego and all of that kind of stuff. Would you say that's one's true self? Uh, um, <coughs> I think there's an indication of it. Mm-hmm. There would be there would be definitely an indication because you're basically operating without filters. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because we put on a filter face for everybody, you know, depending on who's the room, in the room, and things like that, and we play to the room, whoever's there. So in that moment when you're I- emotionally charged and yeah. invested in, in the sports, then, yeah, the real self could come out. So that cheating friend who consistently cheats... You can see it in the game as well. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to continue, you know, exactly. <laughs> keep an eye on that person a bit more. No, man, Jake, I'm not here to cause <laughs> fitna. <laughs> not here to cause fitna, inshallah, at any stage. Yeah. Uh, There's also aspects I'm thinking about now. It's like, <coughs> I'm thinking about... Do you remember the, um, the Holocaust, like the books about the Holocaust, when they speak about how the way there's people that don't have bread and they would literally beat the hell out of somebody until they died to yeah. get that piece of bread. You know mm. what I mean? Like underneath <coughs> extreme duress. And uh, uh, like it kind of seems to me that it's not really the true self of a person. Because as we see it, like us Muslims, we believe in like mm-hmm. centrally there's <coughs> enoughs, you know, with everything, yeah. within every human being there's enoughs. Yeah. And enoughs needs certain things to be fulfilled in order for it to be, you know, okay, settled, you know, content. And when I look at something like, for example, mm-hmm. sport or that kind of thing, like, I don't know, I guess you can always link it back to a why. And the why would be something like, you know, like you've attached, you know, your ego or your, your, your sense of self to this game or this, you know, this, this kind of like this, um, I guess this you're football match. You're speaking about men's search for meaning literally right here. Yeah. Never read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've literally speaking about copyright. <laughs> 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 but uh, <laughs> no, so I'm I'm kinda like I'm trying to unpack, you know, like just the way a human being would be in a in a moment of duress mm-hmm. and when there's like extreme amounts of stress in different regards or uh, different aspects of the nafs. Like you know, like I know we're getting too deep into it, we're speaking about <laughs> teaching and stuff. <laughs> but what I'm seeing is like when you see a kid who's probably deprived of maybe that, you know, that emotional, you know, like that, 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 um, you know, that feeling of connection and attachment to something. Do you feel like they act out because of that kind of thing? Yeah. 100%. I mean, to go back to the, the first comment, when your survivability is affected or, or, or jeopardized, humans can be absolutely ruthless. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm talking about 
you know, the nicest people that wouldn't harm a fly, but if their life's on the line, you know, there's another side that can come out. Yeah. There are still some people that say, no, nah, okay, no, nah, I'm happy and I've accepted. In fact, I'm about to die. That's fine. Mm. But there are some people that will, will say, you know what, you're dying, not me. And they'll go absolutely ruthless. Yeah. Um, with the uh, emotional connection, a lot of kids, and this is this is probably a, a shout out, and we're becoming a bit more somber than uh, intended, <laughs> but... Yeah. A lot of kids are not getting that personal time from parents at home. And it's not just a simple matter of sitting together in the same room. It's that connection. Hey, how was your day today? Not, hey, how was your day today? And then off you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to hear about it. Quality time. That quality time. And I remember speaking with um, you know, a few parents. And one comment that kind of got me is, but I give them everything they want. Mm-hmm. They've got a PlayStation. They've got this. They've got that. They're buying, you know. $500 shoes you know shopping at Culture Kings and I had no idea what Culture Kings was <laughs> until a few years back you know places like this they're like but they've got everything I'm, but it's like have you been, that's not what they want Yeah, that's surface what they want but what they want is to sit down with mum and dad and have that conversation mm-hmm. have that hug how are you going oh, hug yeah good day okay see you later hug you know like for example you know try this at home with with, with your parents so you come up to mum, you give her a quick little hug. That's like the normal hug, you know, whatever. Yeah. But give her that hug and then wait and hold it. Okay. Yeah? And feel, like especially with, you know, y- y- your mum and dad, <laughs> yeah. they'll actually just, you feel them just melt. Yeah. You, that, that little melting feeling. Because you're holding a bit longer and then all of a sudden, oh, what's going on? That's when the connection's made. Mm. You know, hugging gives people you know, lots of connections, you know, hugging, Know, kissing on the cheeks and stuff like that, whatever that that you know, the release of that oxytocin. Yeah. And these kids don't have that. Mm. So when they come at they come to school, you know, a lot of kids can form that connection with you as a teacher. Yeah. Or the or the counsellor or the psychologist or something like that. But they need to have that connection. Mm-hmm. And that, that bit of attachment is super important. And it's attachment to somebody who's non judgmental, that's willing to hear you out. And be, you know, your sounding board when you're going through a bad day. Mm. You know, a lot of our parents, you know, don't have that time. Now, I'm, 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 I was born and raised here, and I didn't, I hardly saw dad because dad was working so hard. He was, he came over, you know, and with nothing, and he just had to work, nonstop. Mm. You know, so we'd see dad, you know, every now and then, but we didn't. I didn't have that strong connection. You know, I have it now with my dad, yeah. alhamdulillah. Yeah. You know, we have our arguments, we have our hugs and we have our yeah. kissing battles and everything like that. So we have <laughs> our, we have our, you know, things together, which is great. But as a kid growing up, I didn't have that. Yeah. Maybe that was part of the reason why I was lashing out at, you know, at, at mm. school, mm. you know, when I was a bit younger and, you know, and having that, you know, that, you know, authority, def- defiance, yeah. disorder, just didn't want that. Exactly. And so spend time with your kids and COVID has amplified things ridiculously in a and good way or bad way? Bad way. Yeah. I mean, the kids are coming back so undisciplined, yeah. you know, in everything. And that's what you expect. I mean, they're, they're in bed going to class. True, yeah. You know? They switch on their, their, they're in class and they're still yeah. sleeping. They're still re- asking questions. Yeah. Like, are you there? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> you there? Muhammad? Answer. Yeah. Muhammad. You kick Muhammad out. Muhammad doesn't come back <laughs> in. Yeah, true. Muhammad's sleeping. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> but I was there, sir. Like, there you were. <laughs> you know? And then the kids learned how to put videos on the background. So they've opened up somehow. They've opened their vi- their camera up, yeah. and it'd be a video recording of them. 
and they're doing this. You're like, well, okay, <laughs> Muhammad's into it today. <laughs> Muhammad's still sleeping, and it's his video. Like, how are you doing this? Mashallah, mashallah. Yeah. Super, super smart. You know, they're working hard to not work. When work they hard, be yeah. just working hard. Yeah. How how about um, family dynamics like during COVID? Because like, obviously, like when you talk about your childhood, dad was at work most of the time, so you didn't see him. Obviously, during COVID, a lot of people were like sort of forced to be in the house, whether they mm. wanted to or not. Did you do you think it got the relationships got worse for children with their parents? Um, <coughs> from I think what you've seen, Allah alam, I think maybe the relationships got a little bit better because mum and dad were there and they're forced to be there. Mm-hmm. So maybe, <coughs> maybe <coughs> the interactions occurred a bit more frequently. Mm-hmm. The, I think the the couple of questions that I had was regarding um, parenting, but it's not on top of my head at the moment. But I want to go back to one thing that you mentioned about um, connecting to, um, I guess different um, children in the classroom you've got obviously 25 different types on uh, in different classrooms yeah how how do you connect with the ones who don't sort of you know those weird kids in classes that don't want to be connected to you know how you got your angry ones then you've got the ones that are actually keen in class and then there's that one that just that loner in the corner and whatnot you know that that is a work in progress yeah you know because (coughs) You gotta understand why that why that kid is in that state, mm-hmm. and without asking too many questions. So one of the first things I would do is I'd actually have a quick chat with the coordinator. You know, what information can you give me about this child that I should you think I should know? Mm-hmm. You know, or even moving up to heads because you don't want to burn that bridge mm-hmm. before it's even built. Mm-hmm. And just go about working on that. You know, just introducing. You know, um, you know, having that personal connection. Hi, my name's Mr. Kumi. I love you know football, cricket, tennis, soccer. Know, who do you support? Who do you yeah. follow? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, find that common ground. You know, um, well done. When he, if he does something good or anything like that, you know, and then just whisper. You know, I'm here. When, I'm here when you, if you need me. I'm not going mm-hmm. anywhere. When you need me, you come. Yeah, and I'll everything stops for you. Mm. So, <coughs> saying that to a child at the start, like, oh yeah, get lost, do whatever. Yeah. You know, especially if it's that kind of kid you're trying to, you know, uh, crack. Yeah. You'll be like, no, get lost. Yeah. And slowly but surely, slowly but surely. Here if you need me, bro. Here if you need me. You know? And sometimes it's it's having that connection, you know, dropping what I call teacher talk. Because mm. there's a certain way of teachers communicate to students. Yeah. You know, with that authority and that teacher voice and the rest of it. You kind of drop it. Yeah. I'm here for you, bro. You know? Or talk, you know, one one or two of the, the lingo words that they use. Yeah. Get that connection. I'm here when you need me. All mm. right? You know, whenever you need me, you want to come in and have a chat. You know, like I've got a dartboard um in my office and there's <laughs> more holes on the wall than inside <laughs> the dartboard. That's it's how like bad you're we are. the kids. Oh yeah, I challenge the kids. Yeah. Yeah, the kids come over and we you know, we're still trying to get the, the pin board behind it and that's not that's not <laughs> happening. So I've been told not to use it anymore, but still do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, and it's come in, you know, throw some darts. You don't have to talk about anything when they come in. Just be there. Yeah. You know, especially with that child because that child is that way because of something there are variables in that child's life that's making them become that way. <coughs> but your job as a teacher, you're not trying to untangle that and give them the, you know, um, you know, the counselling and the psycholo- psychological sessions. and you know, That's not your job, you know. You do do that anyway because you are a psychologist as a teacher. You, you have to, you know, help them out. But you're there just to be a voice, you know. Oh, sorry, just to be sorry, just to be an ear to listen to them express themselves. And without... Prejudice without cutting them off. Let them say what they need to say. Mm. You know, 
Excuse me. I've had students. Excuse me. I've had students come into class and basically, or see me privately and just open up onto certain teachers. That teacher, bing bang 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 bang, and you kind of like, you know. Alright, and when they kind of take a breath, hold up, come on. We're talking about an adult, talking about a teacher, there's an animal of respect. You can say what you need to say without those, you know, Mm -hmm. extra colourful words. Mm -hmm. Alright, sorry, sir. Okay. Start from the start. Try again. And bang, they start voicing, okay, and then just work, just problem solve with them. Be be, be there for them. And I think (coughs) in answer to that question before, uh, with that emotional connection, Mm. Being COVID allowed parents to spend time at home, mm-hmm. and most of these parents would have been uh, non-essential workers, for example, yeah. and they would be spending time at home. Those parents who, for example, were tradies, man, they were loving life. There was no traffic; they were going, oh, doing everything, so they weren't able to establish that connection with their kids. Yeah. You know, or the essential workers, you know, the doctors, and so yeah. <coughs> so those people who were at home did develop a connection. However, the loss is with their peers. They didn't have that connection mm. with their peers at all. And it was all done through, you know, um, Zoom and all the rest of it. And that can only go so far. You're having a chat to a screen at the end of the day, yeah. right? And we're humans. Yeah. And part of being, you know, uh, we're social creatures. We yeah. need to be able to have that connection, yeah. you know, that touch, that feel, mm-hmm. that looking somebody in the eyes, reading their body language, you know, we need that. And when, when we're deprived of that for such a long time, and then you go to school, you have to put a mask on, for example, and yeah. you can't be 1.5 metres apart from each other. You can't hug, you can't kiss. Like we were telling kids, no hugging, no kissing. Oh, I haven't seen you for such a long time. Yeah, They're yeah. jumping on each other. All the boys were hugging, the girls were hugging. And we're like, hey. You know, yes. <coughs> yeah. the boys were hugging the boys, right? Yeah. The girls were hugging yeah. them, just, you know, just yeah. get that, get that <laughs> straight up, you know. <coughs> so, and... We're trying so hard to stop this, but they're doing it. Like, hey, get away from each other. Hey, 1.5 meters. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, and you look back and they're doing. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. So you got to have that kind of understanding that they didn't have that connection. They didn't have that with their friends. Mm. Then when schools opened up this year, 2022, you know, disciplines a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of schools would have struggled to discipline. Massive, massive issue, and then on top of that. <coughs> teachers quitting their job because they didn't want to get, get a jab. You know, a lot of teachers got it reluctantly because they wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. But a lot of t- teachers actually quit their jobs. Mm. And all of a sudden now you've got a teacher shortage. So what are you doing now? You're getting more CRTs. More CRTs, there's no discipline in a CRT class yeah. or very little discipline in a CRT class because the kids know the system, the, the, the CRT doesn't. Yeah. And you guys are all students before, and you've had yeah. the substitute teacher before, and you're like, ah. That was the best day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Best day of the year when there was a CRT. You know what I mean? You had to say. But when you guys were at school, it was few and far between. Yeah. And now, we you know, schools are getting five, six, seven CRTs. They're actually paying CRTs uh, or booking them in in advance, yeah. one month in advance, one term in advance. You're with us. We're going to pay you CRT rates, but you're here five days a week, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and I heard something crazy that CRTs in rural schools are getting about $700 a day. Hey. 
CRT. Seven dollars a day. Uh, might become so a CRT. Before <laughs> you said, don't become a teacher for the money. Everyone's getting these ideas. I'm so surprised, guys. He's doing the calculations. I'm doing the well. I was doing the calculations. I'm like, what am I getting now? What can I get? Yeah, I mean, but that's what it is. But and the problem is, good teachers have left. And this is this is probably my my philosophy. A lot of critical thinking teachers, who don't take things at face value, who like to do a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, might have left. You know, the more rebellious teachers might have left and things like that. But you need those elements of teachers in the school, mm. because the school dynamics it's like a like it's like a footy team, right? You got people that play different positions, mm. and that's basically how a school is. You can't have, um, you know. Uh, just remember the joke, sorry. <laughs> Ten forwards <laughs> and one midfielder. Yeah. yeah. What's the joke? The joke? <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my Somali students said yeah. to me, Sir, <laughs> have you heard about the Somali soccer team? Yeah. I go, what's that? He goes, Ten strikers, one <laughs> midfielder. <laughs> Everybody wants to score. <laughs> you know? They get smashed. Why? Because no one's playing their position. Exactly. As at a school, you need that. <coughs> you need those teachers that are, that come from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different things, and they'll be able to connect with certain students. Mm. So when that student is going through that issue, they now, you know what, I can't, you know, connect with Mr. Alakumi. He won't understand me, but you know, Mr. Muhammad will. Mm. He'll understand me a lot better, mm. and then that kid connects with Mr. Muhammad. You know, as a teacher, I don't need to connect with six hundred kids mm. at school. Yeah, I don't need to. However. Whoever comes to connect with me, I have to make sure I'm connected with them. By the way, guys, there's 80% of you guys who watch our videos are actually not subscribed. So <laughs> stop the video right here. <laughs> My voice cut out. Stop the video right here. Subscribe. I'll give him a second. Now we can resume the video. Enjoy. Whoever it is, five mm-hmm. kids, 10 kids, 100 kids, whatever it is. So that's what's actually happened. And, you know, especially with the kids... On the social front, <coughs> has been a massive, massive issue, and I just want to uh, to add th- to add that in as well. A lot of the kids now, with social media, look to please those around them more so, I believe, than they've ever have before. Okay. Because you can be ruined in a night over social media, mm-hmm. over one action, with some person halfway across the world that's never ever seen you, spoken to you, whatever, jumps on your your feeds and, and begins to just hammer you for something they've heard from someone else from somebody else. And kids can't dissociate. <coughs> I always use back in my days because my dad taught me very well. <laughs> yeah. Back in my days, <laughs> when he used to walk through 10 feet of snow, 10 kilometres <laughs> to sell two bags of oranges and then walk back to get another two bags of oranges. <laughs> back in my days. <laughs> now, we'd, we'd have a problem with a, with a student at school. We'd go home. That's it. It's switched off. Yeah. There's no social media. There's no continuation of it. There's there's no repercussions, follow-ups, until the next day you go to school. Mm-hmm. And men tend to be more physical in terms of their bullying types of things. Women are more, you know, they, they, they're into reputation ruining. Now the boys are into reputation ruining as well as trying to be physical. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're doing it themselves. And they're, they're rallying up a group of people to attack you online and all the rest of it. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> to me, and I want—I really want to get. Sorry, boys, I really want to get the message out. Please, 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 speak to your kids. Have a chat with them. There are a lot of kids. If they're silent in their room and spending hours and hours in the room, 
they're not always doing homework, have a chat with them. Mm. Have a sincere chat with them. Don't judge them. Kids, mental health is a massive, massive, massive issue. And the stigma that we have, a lot of our communities don't want to deal with it. Mm. You know, the younger parents are pretty cool. They're like, oh, okay, something's wrong and you know, something's happening. Okay, what do I need to do? And they're on the front foot. Okay, what do I need to do mm. to help my daughter? What do I need to do to help my son? You know, and they're good. The bit more older generation, like, no, there's nothing wrong with my kid. What are you talking about? Why are you guys doing... And they might be a bit more confrontational. But it's there. It's real. It's prevalent. And, mm. you know, we need to get help. Seeing a psychologist is not a bad thing. A psychologist is there to help you learn coping strategies, mm. you know, you know, adjusting your, your, your way of thinking to things. <coughs> and therefore, when you're left alone to deal with a situation, you have, you know, a few coping strategies that you use. And it helps you get through. But if you don't have that, you end up having the mental breakdowns and, and you know, you fall into anxiety and depression and things like this. And it, it does go down to self-harm. We have, we have students, you know, um, across the board in schools as a general Self-harm has increased mm. across speaking to, you know, teachers at other schools, you know, we're talking about public schools, we're talking about different, you know, mm. together as a community, it has increased, mm. you know, <coughs> people wanting to, you know, take their lives and things like that. It's not a joke, mm. you know, and you can't just sweep it under the carpet, oh, just get over it. It doesn't work that way, yeah. you know, so, and it starts, a lot of times it starts from the home, spend that time, they want that connection. Growing up, that child would have formed an attachment. So, you know, one, one of the theories is, is children form attachments to one parent, mm. you know, as they're growing up, uh, you know, John Bowlby. So he talks about, you know, um, forming that attachment. If that attachment isn't there, they'll form attachment to something else, whether it be, you know, the, the their peers or, you know, the... Teacher at school or... Yeah, yeah, especially a teacher at school or whatever. And if that person that they form an attachment with doesn't give them their... their um, their time or their their voice and things like that, they can end up going into you know severe severe yeah. depression. It doesn't have to be people, yeah. Like they can form attachments to like things such as like drugs and I guess like like things like pornography and all that kind of stuff. Because <coughs> I'm guessing it's more about getting that I guess that serotonin that hit or feeling comfortable and good about yourself. I guess. Yeah, it it, it does it does stem to that. But that's forming that's forming like an, an addiction. Okay. So what happens in that case there, you might lose that attachment with somebody or not get the get the <coughs> put it this way. Sorry, this is backtrack once yeah, before. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um when you form an attachment with somebody and you really love somebody and somebody becomes like your 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 idol that you want to be like, mm -hmm. when they give you ten minutes of solid time, you feel like you can conquer the world. True, yeah. You know, just on that one person giving you 10 minutes solid time, I'm looking in your eyes, I'm engaged, I'm in the moment. Mm -hmm. They don't give it to you. You don't, and you know, you want to get that feeling. And then you refer to these type of things that you mentioned with the, the drugs and yeah. pornography and things like that. And you get those kicks from there. It's like their coping mechanisms. Yeah. Yes. Secondary. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's when it continues on from that. And that's when they begin to form, you know, a much, much bigger uh, addiction and then the, the everything begins to increase. Mm -hmm. Rather than looking at, you know, pornography for, you know, once, twice, then feeling really bad, you're looking at it for hours and hours on end and you don't even have that remorse or anything. Mm -hmm. Or rather than taking that, 
you know, that little bit of kick for the drugs, mm-hmm. then you're moving up to the next level of drugs. You know, you're going yeah. through the gateway drugs of smoke, you know, cigarettes yeah. and vaping, and so you're moving up to marijuana and then yeah. going to cocaine and heroin. You smoke because now you need that kick. Yeah. You know, so close that door. Bef- don't even open that door. Close it before it opens. So you were talking about the um, the introduction of numbing agents such as drugs, alcohol, and even self harm. Mm-hmm. You know, for some kids, self harm is a, is is an avenue out of pain that they're feeling in the moment i didn't mean that in a bad way I just meant no you know, like no. as in like it, it's the pain that they're feeling at the moment and the only way to alleviate that pain is because they feel good through self-harm if that's yeah that's what i've do. heard or you know ending at all is the possibility of never having to deal with this problem again so like when you see somebody who's neglected by their parents or neglected by a loved one or something do you feel like that's the only facet of their life that's causing this problem or do you believe there's even like even more no, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more variables. I mean, it, it might start with that connection with the parents and the attachment to the parents, and then, it, then because of that, maybe they don't want to talk. So they, do, they begin to lose the attachment and connections with people in class, and they begin to become that that weird one. Oh, look at that weird one over there. Yeah. No one talks to them. No one wants to be their friend. You know, they got a different way of thinking. They're always so quiet, and then they become more and more isolated. The one of the ways uh, I think you said that start with connections is forming that connection with people helps you overcome these issues yeah. and slowly but surely they begin to become disconnected and kids could be cruel you know what i mean they they don't un, a lot of kids don't understand the repercussions of their actions and that's part of educating them you know having little programs and educating them listen you know and 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 teaching them that emotional intelligence that hey you know look at it from you know the other the other perspective what are they going through what's happening yeah. You know, um, and teaching the kids that way. But as an adult, the moment that kid is in that situation, it's an obligation upon you as a teacher, you know, to do something. You can't turn, you can't turn your, your, you know, your cheek. You can't go. And unfortunately, there are teachers. You know, I'll call it as it is. They're only there for the paycheck. Yeah. You've chosen the wrong profession, for God's sake. Mm. But you're still there for the paycheck. Teachers like security. Yeah, we know at the end of the week we're getting paid a certain amount of money. And that's it. We can budget and mm. everything's Other happy. Days throughout the year. Yeah. yeah, we work nine months a year, so no, no, <laughs> no, no complaining here. Yeah. Trying to recruit. Now. I wanted to be, before <laughs> one of our friends come with the delicious food. I wanted to touch on a topic that Legendary and I have been having for, I think, years about like, because sh- we, uh, at least I've been to an Islamic school. You both went to public school. You went to Islamic school too, and you went public mm. school your whole life. Yeah, public school all my life. So we touch on that topic. It's like, should we take our kids to public school or private schools? And are Islamic schools so have they changed so much? Because we only hear the bad stuff. Because always <laughs> fake news spreads, you know, faster than <laughs> mm. real news. Um, and we hear these stories like, oh, maybe we should homeschool our kids because the next generation is, we use the word like gone. You know what I mean? So we hear these stories and we're like, oh, you know, I wouldn't want to raise my kids in a <coughs> school that does this and has teachers like that and stuff like that. So I wanted to touch on maybe first we'll touch on now in 2022 the difference between public schools and private schools because maybe we just we just hear the bad stuff mm. as we said and then we could touch on maybe like the future with homeschooling is that a better option you know because inshallah keep me on track but b- brilliant questions mashallah tabarakallah um i went to a catholic school my whole life as well so from prep to, to yeah. year 10 catholic school then yeah. then um 11 and 12 at uh Gladdy park <laughs> um that was an experience <laughs> yeah what a school to go to. Please don't write anything in the comments if we went to school <laughs> with you. <laughs> 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 um, the one thing that 
I regret going to a Catholic school my whole life is my friends were non-Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when I wanted to, when I got to eighteen, got my license, I'm going out. Who am I going out with? I'm going out with John. Yeah, your and white friends. You know. So I'm going out with these guys, and these guys are not Muslim, so they're we're doing things that are obviously very un-Islamic, and that that was my that began my journey down that that pathway. Like I tell the kids, I wasn't born with a beard, you know, and this is a reminder of what I used to be. You know, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Fadlallah, Yani Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, I'm still alive. The, the fact that I came back to repent, Wallahi, Khair, Inshallah. I don't want to say anything more than that, Inshallah. So. Just the fact of going to an Islamic school, and and um, having Muslim friends when you when you graduate, is a massive plus. <coughs> now, having said that, we were we were only there was myself and probably two other um, Muslim families at the school. Yeah, so you know we we were t- we were together, we were close and all the rest of it, but still you have your other friends as well. At a public school, if you can actually k- stay with the, the Muslims. And the kids who are practicing, not the Muslims, I want to be like everybody else yeah. except the Muslim. Yeah. <coughs> and a big, big comment, you start saying, Wallahi, if you live your life to please the people, they'll never be pleased with you. Yeah, They'll never, ever, ever, ever be pleased with you. And you'll live your life in absolute you know, disgust with yourself. But Wallahi, if you live your life to please only Allah SWT, yeah. you don't... You know, you, you become oblivious to things happening around you. Like, I'm pleasing Allah. I don't care what you guys think or anything mm. like that. So growing up in that environment, that Islamic environment, it does help. However, it doesn't help when parents don't support what the school is teaching. Right? Or the parents undermine what the school is teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, the school teaches something and the parents go home and undermine it. it you can go to a public school, you can go to a school on, 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 you know, on Jupiter. It's going to end up the same. So it has to whatever they learn at an Islamic school, it should be reinforced at home as much as possible. Now you have other things creeping into the curriculum by these politicians, of <coughs> along the lines of safe schools and stuff like that, where you talk about, you know, things that are quite un-Islamic. So if you're in a public school, you can't control who teaches that. True. Yeah. So, so a person who might be a massive advocate is dealing with the malleable minds of Muslim kids growing up, mm-hmm. and infiltrating it with these type of ideologies, mm-hmm. you know. And then they get up a bit older, and then by the time they're 18, 19, they're gone. They're free thinkers now. They can, and they can challenge Islam. They challenge the Mashiach who have gone and studied their whole lives, and, and they're, they're, they're debating them. And it's like, Habibi, what do you know? Mm. So, but an Islamic school, that could be monitored by the school. Okay, we're going to do a safe school type program where we're looking at inclusivity, and, you know, and we talk about the Sahaba. We talk about, you know, how we. They treated everybody, and they treated everybody fairly, and they treated everybody with justice, no matter who they are mm-hmm. and what they are. And then some of the the most harshest rulings in Islam is going against the the, uh, uh, the 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 people who are non-Muslims under Muslim rules. And some of the harshest rulings are against if you harm one of them without you know without right, and or even harming your brother without right. So you know, <coughs> I think that's where that's where the Islamic schools come into it. A lot of Islamic schools. Now, like for example, subhanAllah, some of the schools in Sydney, and I want to plug sites, C-I-T-E. Is it? Uh, site. Site. <laughs> site, <laughs> site is for me? No, no, no. 
It's um, <coughs> it's a uh, it's the uh, University of South Australia. Yeah. Dylan Dylan Chone. Sorry, Dylan, if I got your surname wrong. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful brother. We went to a conference up in Sydney, and um, and they're all about putting Islam back into the curriculum, mm. in across the board. And you'll find what it does is that empowers Mus- the kids to be Muslim and be proud of themselves and who they are and what they stand for. Mm. Um, you know, some schools are a bit shy from that, but it's very important to get that message in through Islamic schools. You're going to get that. At public schools, you're not going to get that. Mm. Homeschooling is good. You've got complete control over the child. And the always the number one argument against homeschooling is the, the social side of it. However, with homeschooling as well, you can get the right teachers and you can target learning a lot more specifically and advance that child to crazy levels, mm. you know. Like some of the kids that come in year 11 and 12 who have been homeschooled, mashallah, tabarakal, yeah. off the charts. Yeah. Off the charts, mashallah. You know, they're, 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 they're amazing when it comes to that. Um, but yeah. the, f- the... Social skills. Social skills, not so much. That's how you're going, yeah. Yeah. Literally, how you going? Hey, <laughs> we use that we're growing up. There yeah. you go. You know, not so much. So, they all have their pros and cons. Yeah. However, there's some amazing people in the Muslim community yeah. who are running homeschools of about for only about twenty or thirty kids, mm-hmm. mm. and they're no more expensive than than private schools. Wait. I don't know if I should be saying this. Yeah. <laughs> Promotion or that way? Huh? As in promoting it, but but oh, they are doing an amazing thing. I you mean, can bleep the name if you want, just so we understand. I don't know. No, no, I thought about uh, the name. It's about him mentioning it. In uh, yeah, because yeah. I am, I am yeah. employed <laughs> by. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, we're gonna edit that bit out. <laughs> but all right, let me go back then. There are some amazing in you know, homeschools that you know homeschooling um, systems. So a lot of these teachers that, for example, quit their job mm-hmm. have gone into homeschooling mm. or tutoring. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got these gun amazing teachers now who are tutors, or they homeschool. They they you know they're running homeschool programs. Mm. So these guys, so it's not just uh, a parent that's at home that's got a, you know an education in mathematics or, or science or whatever and decides to run a school mm-hmm. and then begins to create a homeschool environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are actual teachers, competent teachers that have gone through university, done everything they need to do, been teaching for 10, 15, 20 years. They know what they're doing and now they're saying, you know what, I'm going to run an exclusive homeschool. Yeah. And these places are gold. Yeah. Once again, run by Muslims, you trust them because... We're dealing with the most valuable asset of the family, which is the child. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, you got to know where you're going to put that. So, if you had like a million dollars or a twenty-five million gold bullion, whatever, you know, slab, you're not going to say, "Oh, this guy looks a bit shady." Yeah, can you look after my gold, please? Yeah, you're not going to say that. Nah, you're going to say, "Oh, you look shady." No, mm. maybe your children are much, much more important than that. Mm. So why throw them to the wolves mm. and tell them to fend for themselves? Mm-hmm. But, but at a Catholic school, the, I think the, the the clause is what my dad always used to use. Oh, Baba, this is happening there, there, there. Baba, they're, they're Christians, we're Muslims, we're not like that. Oh, okay. That was it. And for me, that was enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, oh, why, but my, why, my, but. Okay, that's the way they do it. That's the way I do it. But I did get influenced by the, the surroundings. I did go to church. Mm-hmm. I did sing all their hymns and songs and stuff as a kid growing up. I did taste the body of Christ. That's like <laughs> cardboard. I still remember it very clearly. I did have the 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 cross and yeah. ash on my on my forehead. Mm. I didn't drink the wine because we were kids. We weren't, we weren't supposed to. 
you know, I really wanted to try yeah. it out, but you know, <laughs> I wanted to taste the cardboard bread. Yeah. <laughs> You're halfway there. I, yeah, I did. I remember asking my mate, I go, What does it taste like? He goes, Come have a taste. I go, All right, yeah, because usually, oh, that's the Muslim kid, you sit over there, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, you can come to church and whatever, but just sit over there and just watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, no, I want to get involved, mm. so I went in. You know, and that could have been because you know I felt excluded. Yeah. So I wanted to be included. So I was influenced by, you know. Uh, I'm to tell you this funny story afterwards, inshallah. But sorry. Subhanallah. So I want uh, you know I wanted to be included in, and they d- now in hindsight I look back and yeah they did treat me differently. They were giving me dawah to become Christian. Christian. They treated me extra nice. Yeah. I cannot think that at any any point that they treated me really bad. Instead of in the confession box, the priest would take me out and say, okay, you know, have a chat with me. Hello, what's your name? What, what do you do? What do you enjoy? And now, in hindsight, you're establishing a connection with me. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about Christ and Jesus and, you know, and all the rest of it. Instead of, uh, forgive me, Father, if I've sinned, it's been, you know, my whole life since my last confession, you know, in the box. Why do I still remember that? I have no idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and the Hail Marys and stuff like that. You know, subhanAllah. So, yani. That connection was there, and I felt lost mm. growing up, and I needed to. That was my connection, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't get it anywhere else. So I can't sum up. I can't, you know, everybody's got their variables that they need to deal with. Islamic schools aren't aren't cheap, you know, as well, and um, you know, Islamic schools in general have a long way to go. We are moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are pushing forward, but we still have a long way to go. I mean. If a child of mine had a a a need, a special ability need, um, and extra and needed extra attention, I would be strongly influenced to send that kid or that child to a, a public school because they have the resources. Mm. They'll look after. They'll get. They'll inshallah be the lad that can get that kid back up to you know up to, up to point with a teacher aid with consistent you know programs and but and unfortunately at some Islamic schools we don't offer that. You know, we don't actually have the time. We don't have the resources. We don't have, and and it's a little bit unfortunate because we're all shooting to get the highest ATAR. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter where that kid went in Islamic school. This is my own personal opinion. That kid is going to be a leader in the Ummah in the next 10, 15 years. Who cares where he graduated from? Whether it's Ilm or AIA or Sirat or, or you know, Dar Alum. It doesn't matter. That's a Muslim kid who's going to be a leader for the Muslim community. Share your resources. Yeah. Oh my God, I've got laughed at so many times. Mm. Share your resources. Share your 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 wins with each other. Yeah. You share your win with me. Oh, guess what? That'll make my program better. I share my win with you. Guess what? Who benefits? The kids. The Ummah in general. Hundred yeah, percent. But if we're bickering and fighting and and and, and going at each other. Maybe we're going to stay in the same position the rest of our lives. Yeah. It's the whole stick thing, you know, <coughs> you put one stick by itself, it doesn't do anything, but all the sticks together, you can't break it and stuff like that. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to circle back to something you spoke <coughs> about specifically. And I wanted to see, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. It's um something that we spoke about maybe off the podcast and and it was about making a cake. I don't think you remember it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I think you, uh, I think you recall. I think it's probably one of your favorite quotes. <coughs> it's um, that the parents, and this is in regards to adab and and morals and basically raising the children. The parents are the ones who have all the ingredients to bake a Mickey cake, but 
us as teachers, we're just the ones who can help decorate that cake. And that's the same with the children. In this in this regard, when we're speaking about, you know, like sending your kids to a non-Muslim school or sending them to a to a Muslim school, do you still feel that that kind of, you know, that same, you know, like the you would still send your kid to a Catholic school, but you know your adab and everything you've taught the kid in the background is being spot on? Yeah, that, that will help a long way, a long way. And it's about establishing an identity. Baking that cake is establishing, an, especially in a non-Muslim environment, mm-hmm. it's establishing an identity of being them being proud of who they are and what they stand for. And one of the ways you make kids proud is teaching them about their history, where they came from, you know, who was Rasulullah, who were the Sahaba, and so on and so forth. So if you're baking that cake purely on, you know, strength of identity, when that child goes out and the identity is challenged, they can retort. They can come back. So, you know, I'm proud of who I am and what I stand for. You know? And this is, I, I got to say, um, something I love about certain kids, they'll get up and they'll defend themselves, you know, because this is who I am, this is who I stand for, and they do the whole click, click, and they'll take <laughs> teachers on, and the rest of it. Girls and boys? Girls and boys? Guys are doing the clicks as well? <laughs> no, not the guys. The guys aren't doing the clicks, it's good. only me. I'm there. <laughs> okay, good, good. i got some issues I need to work on, but alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> we accept you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel I feel welcome. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't take the mickey out of that. <laughs> Sorry. That's good, that's good. But, but you gotta, you have to instill that sense of identity. Now, a lot of parents, actually I won't say a lot of parents, a few parents will send their kids saying, you know what, here, you raise them. Us raise them. Oh, they're with you more than they with us. Yeah, but Habibi, you have the control over your child from when they're born. Not us. Yeah? Mm-hmm. We're only decorating the cake. We're putting on the nice little bits and pieces and inshallah be the lamb making, you know, a beautiful person. But at the end of the day, you're baking the cake at home. You're putting if the, if the ingredients are rotten, Habib, what do you expect us to do? Mm. It doesn't matter. You know, as, as my my, <laughs> use that one. My dad used to say, <laughs> but yeah, um, and and that's what it comes down to. So if you can raise your kids on Islam and have a strong Islamic identity, you can send them. You can put them anywhere. Mm. You can put them anywhere, and that they'll they'll prosper because you know what? I'm a Muslim. You know, and they. Walk with their shoulders back and their head held high. I'm a Muslim. Mm. Allah's on my side. Allah's got my back. Mm. You know, I pray, I do this, I do that. You know, why are you Muslim? And you empower them and you let them know. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. This this might be a bit, bit of a controversial question. So it's good that I'm saying it at the end. <laughs> if we need to cut it, we can cut it, inshallah. And then we can just put it on uh, Patreon or whatever it is <laughs> so we can make people pay for it. But, mm. um, oh. I wanted to ask your from your experience from seeing a develop what, 20, 20 something years twenty plus years in teaching correct mm. yeah. you've seen the worst of the worst from both generations from the generation before ours ours to the ones after us now that <laughs> are coming how would you rank the upcoming kids of this generation in comparison to the other one this is probably going to be our podcast alright <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I think I think every generation thinks the next generation is made of plastic. So if you chat with your parents, they go, oh my God, you guys are made of plastic. I'm I'm pretty sure their parents would have said, man, you guys are useless. Mm. Yeah. And their parents would have said, my, you guys are useless in comparison. Yeah. I think the, um, I think it's getting worse. 
I, I, I really do. And I think it's because of, unless there's a change. So we've gone in the, we've moved in the direction of, congratulations, you get a participation award. Here's a prize for you just for showing up. Mm. I mean, when you go to work and you got a deadline, they don't give you a prize just for coming to work. No. You got a job to do. You got to. You weren't good enough. I finished last. Oh, here's a participation. No. You finished last, you finished last. Start working, move your way up. Mm-hmm. What do you need to do? A, B, C, D. Not good enough? Work on it. Okay. It's not you personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the, what you've presented to me needs improvement. Mm. And this is how you improve it. Right? Me personally, I don't usually don't mark in red. I'll mark in green or I might mark everything. I'll say, okay, fix this up, then give me a second draft and I'll mark the other stuff. So rather than because when you get the page back and it's full full of red, man, it's disheartening. Yeah. Mm. So, but these kids growing up are a lot more sensitive, yeah, and they're learning the lingo and online and things like that. You know, I don't consent to this. You know, I feel I feel you know uh, intimidated by the way <laughs> you're you're structuring your sentences, you're raising your voice to me. You know, I feel harmed or whatever right they, these are these are key words you can't the moment the moment uh mental health is mentioned yeah, tell us everything's yeah. off the tables yeah mm. what do you want how do you feel safe again and someone it's it's got to go down that path yeah. and students are very crafty i mean think about think about yourselves back at year nine year ten yeah. you know <laughs> if you had a card like that you know what card we had the racist card yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we used to have, but we couldn't get away from a Muslim school. I used to do it at the Christian school that I went to. Yeah, yeah it's like that, well, like you know. Oh, it's because I'm this, or it's because I'm that. And the moment they use that, I feel I feel intimidated. Or I feel unsafe. Khalas, mm. yeah. finished. So now, how do you go about disciplining a kid? That when you go to discipline the kid, yeah. I feel unsafe. But you need to know what you've done is wrong. Mm. I yeah, I know it's wrong, but I don't want to get enough school attention. I don't want to get a demerit. I don't want. It's not in your. And yeah. That, yeah I mean that, that's that's the po- that's the point we're getting to. Well, who's to blame in regards to that? Would you say <coughs> it's a society thing? Would you say it's like the Department of um, I don't know Education <laughs> or? Because <laughs> um, I sh- I share the same opinion with this. Like even rega- even in regards to like like mental health, there's like people out there that genuinely suffer like with mental health, and they're the people that should be ca- um, getting like attention from like psychologists and stuff. But then nowadays, like even in the workforce as well, like there's personal days off which they've introduced and stuff specifically to just what do they call it? Personal days, something mm. along those lines, specifically just for like mental health awareness. <laughs> but now I feel like almost it creates some sort of like like a bubble around them where if you pop that bubble, then you're sort of in the wrong rather than the person. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And then on top of that, then discipline is taken out of the picture as well. Yeah. You know? Completely. Uh, I agree with you on, yeah. on, on, on everything you've said. And it, it does come down to that. Some people do play the system. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, have you have personal days off and all the rest of it. In the back of my days, what do you mean personal days off? Mm. You've got a job to do, get it done. But, however, having that mentality, you know, people could have been suffering from depression and not even knowing it. It's true, yeah. People my age, mm-hmm. you know, and not even know what they're going through. Just can't get out of bed. I'm really tired. What's going on? You know, can't bother eating. Mm. These are all signs True. that we didn't know growing up at my age. We mm. didn't know growing up. Yeah. But now we do. So we can actually help. So that's that's good in, in this sense that they do say things like that. We can actually help them out. <coughs> but some people will play the system. 
And there's nothing wrong with them. They'll just play the system. I have three personal days a term I can use. Hey boys, let's go jet skiing. Yeah. You know, personal day. Mm-hmm. And you can't and you can't tell me why I'm taking the day off or the rest of it. You can't question <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. No, can't question it at all. What what about like even with like um mental health being like overly spoken about? Because like now you see it on like TikTok, Facebook and all that kind of stuff where someone who's just like scrolling through it doesn't even know that they have a condition. And when in reality, they might not even even have that condition. <coughs> but then like when they're put in a situation where like, for example, I don't know, I, ha- I have a tough day or I struggle to wake up and I'll, I'll, be, I'll refer back to that TikTok that I saw yeah. and be like, oh, they said that if you struggle to get out of bed, this might be a sign that you've got like depression or anxiety. And then you actually end up self-diagnosing yourself. Yes. And then you like, you feed into yourself. And I guess when you go to a psychologist, They've got yeah. nothing but to diagnose you, I guess. Yeah. It's that self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. where you you begin to self-diagnose. Now, one of the reasons why I don't do abnormal psychology with mm-hmm. my kids is because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want my kids going on diagnosing themselves. And mm-hmm. one of the first things I say in, to my psych students is you're all abnormal. Mm-hmm. You're, ab- you're doing psychology as a class or as a subject because there's something wrong with you. You're trying to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You know, yeah. I challenge anybody to, to take that on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's something wrong with you and you try to work it out. If you teach psychology, then you're a lot more loopy than than, than the kids because, yeah. and that's where I'm at. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm, I'm off the charts on that one. Teaching us, you're coming more. But if you're a psychologist and a psychiatrist, yeah. you're beyond repair. Yeah. I mean, psychologists need psychologists to help each other, you know, realign their thinking and thought patterns. Now, there's nothing wrong with realigning the thinking; it's actually very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, realigning that thinking. But when you begin to self-diagnose, mm-hmm. and this is why you need psychologists because you'll self-diagnose yourself with, you know, with whatever, you start. Scrolling through TikTok and YouTube, and before you know it, you know, you're deep into it, and you begin to fulfill what those mm-hmm. you know those outcomes should be, mm-hmm. and you you make a binding on yourself, and then mm-hmm. you are have going through depressive tendencies. You never actually had it. Oh yeah, you do that. What before you said you label yourself. Labeling is disabling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like they say when you're sick. Like just have the common cold. Then what's the worst thing you can do? Search on Google. Google the symptoms, <laughs> and that's literally what. <laughs> it's like you realize you have stage four cancer, and yeah. then you've got like a day to live. And it's like you just have a cold. Everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. But it's these kind of things where, especially when the things are so vague, like I'd you know like um I I, c- I can't get up in the morning. Yeah, for sure. And I just feel down going to work every single day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just don't enjoy your job. Obviously, yeah. this is just a generic way of speaking. But it's the same thing with just Googling the yeah. symptoms or doing research on online instead of going to an expert. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of times you go to a psychologist and they're like, these are normal things. Everyone goes to that. His boy, Andrew Huberman, actually, mm. he done a podcast recently. <laughs> yeah. he done a podcast recently. Sure, you listen to him. On the walk, yeah. Cause when did you get Andrew? And when are you walking? Send us a video. He wasn't doing work hours. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, he was speaking about the... Um, Speaking about the whole facade of expectations, mm-hmm. and so like they were, they were, he was talking about different scientists and researchers that they were, they were, they were doing uh, different studies in 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 regards to like placebo effect mm-hmm. and like what what um, say so for example someone they they tell them okay the milkshake here that you have is full of nutrients and it's it's a lightweight milkshake and it's good for you and whatever it is and then it's the same milkshake that they're telling people this one's full of sugar. This one is it's it's fatful. It's it's everything. It's sugary. It's not good for you. So they gave them the same milkshake, and they realized that there's actually adverse effects on the way it affected the body itself. Yes. So mm. because of the way somebody took the it in mentally, the yes. mind, yeah, the, the, mind the body actually took it as well. Yeah. So they were like they were looking at the expectation. It's called the expectation effect or whatever it is, mm. and they've noticed that 
for a lot of people, whenever they just reframe things, mm-hmm. like for example, challenges in life, a lot of a lot of what they're going through, experiencing, actually doesn't become something. Like for example, if you're going through a hardship, some people see it as a challenge. Yeah. Like Navy SEALs <coughs> and all them sort of things, they they say that you can't live life without <coughs> challenge. Yeah. But then obviously these guys coming in introducing and goes, hang on, don't look at it as neither this or that. Because find the in between. Because mm. there's pros and cons to everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. And whenever you're struggling with something, like whether it be a mental health issue or whatever, there's always answers. There's always an answer to the situation because there's it's very unlikely that you find that your situation is uncommon or unheard of before in the history of mankind. Yes. You know? Like the Rasul Sallallahu was was created just surrounding hardship, subhanAllah. Mm-hmm. You know? And then the beautiful thing about him was relatability to us as human beings and him being on our level and going through exactly what a lot of people have gone through. And I've never been I've never been an orphan, but an orphan will look at him and go, Oh, there's that relatability. I've never lost a child, but someone who's lost a child will look at him and go, Oh, there you go. And then like subhanAllah how, like and this has become a religious thing, even though I was talking about science two seconds ago. <laughs> but uh, I I'm looking at I'm looking at things that like there's always examples and this is something that helped a mate of mine who was going through a mental health issue. He goes, there's always examples of people that have gone through things similar to myself or worse, and they've come out the other side. You know, There's actually like a story of a guy <coughs> who had no function of anything in his body except his eyelids. And he runs a whole multi-million dollar business. Allah just Allah. through using his eyelids. <coughs> you know, And it, and it kind of like makes you sit there and go, like, we're not telling you hard enough, we're telling you what you're going through is something mm. could be deep, could be big. Mm. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. struggle is different. Yeah. But when you look at things holistically and go, there's pros and cons to everything, and there is a way out of, like your mate uh, Harvey Specter says. Bang, bang. Back when I was in school, like six years ago, yeah. that, was no, that's, that quote is still relevant to today as yeah. well, 100%, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so like after this tangent, the, the whole point is like, there's always answers to your questions. Yes. Nothing's ever unheard of, unsettled, un. Uh, there's 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 basically no land that's been uncharted. You gotta see that light at the end of the, tun- uh, at the, end of the tunnel. Mm. The, if they can't see the light at the end of the, the uh, end of the tunnel, then that's dire straits. That's that's really really bad situation to be in. Mm. So sometimes it's just showing them, hey, there's that light. They went through it as well, you know. Or let's get some help. Mm. You know, let's let, let's work on this. And it's just about progressing. Mm. You know, pushing forward. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's so true. Someone else has been through it, so don't beat yourself up on it. You know, give it a go. Yeah, you know, don't 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 give up exactly. because you are worth something. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's what was, I, was, I said before. If you put your worth and value in the eyes of people, you'll never be satisfied. True. You'll never be satisfied. You'll always be looking to please them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But going to work to please Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you'll be completely content, and you'll be mm-hmm. and content. Contentness is the happiness of is is, um, is the success of this dunya. Mm, true. You see those people who are content; they've got nothing, you know, but they're happy. They're content. They got smiles from ear to ear, and it's genuine. Mm. Subhanallah. When I was eighteen, I went to Bali first time ever traveling outside, <laughs> and I wanted to go. I went to the slum areas. Yeah. They got the biggest smiles on their face, and they're happy. And how are you going? This like, wow, here I'm at 18 thinking, man, I want to get my car, I want to get this, I want that, mm. this, this, this. They are so, so happy. Mm. You know, not materialistic at all in mm. any, any any way, shape or form. Mm. You know, 
But if they can't see the light in the tunnel, you know, that's an issue. That mm-hmm. is something that needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. So, and like you said, go see a professional. Mm-hmm. You know, teachers can only take you so far. Yeah, you know, we're not qualified psychologists. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yes, I teach psychology, but I'm not a qualified psychologist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I, like I, I teach biology, but I'm not you know a research scientist. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a little bit. I know what's going on. I don't yeah. know specific details. Not a country. You know, and like you know, go to the people of knowledge if you don't. You know, no. Exactly. Yeah. And we do that for the rest of our body. Like, you go to your dentist, you go to your optometrist, you want to get back into health and fitness, you start watching all these YouTube videos on how to learn more about fitness and take care of your body when you go through injuries and stuff. Mm. Such a normal thing, but then when it's mental health, we th- obviously it's a bit more uh, yeah. touchy, but we don't take it with the same approach. We feel like it's taboo when we, oh, we can't see a psychologist, we can't see someone who's going to, inshallah, make things better. Mm. Yeah. So... I got I got one last question before we Sorry, like wrap up and have food, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Smell, <laughs> <laughs> Make it obvious. Well, that smells good. <laughs> smells real nice. Um, you know, sometimes I look back and reflect, and I go like, "Damn!" Like I feel sorry for all the teachers that had me, like during <laughs> primary school, like high school, and whatnot, just because of like the headaches. And I could personally never ever be a teacher just because I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. But as a teacher, you, you never know, bro. You never you know. Never yeah, know, you never Michelle. Know. When you put in that situation, you might flourish, and we might need teachers like you, yeah, who were such a headache, yeah, <laughs> and, you know, to come back seriously, to come yeah. back, and be that guiding light for those students who are similar to you. Yeah, true. You know, sorry, very okay. true, very true. But on top of that, I but wanted to know, like, like how do you sort of like compartmentalize? Because there was this short stint where I would do this role where I'd go around to different schools and teach them about the importance of like university and stuff. And I'm not going to lie that one hour that I would do that, like, I realized how tough it is to be a teacher, you know, <laughs> like, just get the kids' attention and then make things engaging and all that kind of stuff. And I remember back in the day, like, I put myself in the kid's shoe and I'd be like, oh, damn, that person's an adult. He has everything figured out and all that kind of stuff, yeah? But from a teacher's point of perspective, like, how do you sort of compartmentalize between your sort of life, yeah, mm-hmm. and then be- going to school and becoming, like, a being a teacher, I think it's um. It's a loaded question, I know. It is, but <laughs> I think it's um having clear, clear understandings of your roles and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So, I remember when I when I first became a teacher, my friends laughed at me. Mm-hmm. They go, "Do you believe in karma?" Okay, <laughs> 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 yeah. okay, uh, kind of. You go, they they basically said you're stuffed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're stuffed, yeah. man. Because you know, I wasn't very good to my teachers mm-hmm. at all, but. Having known that, now I can communicate with those kids who are disrupting the class, who yeah. are the troublemakers, who are the fire starters, yeah. because that was me. I know what they're doing, so I can actually work them out. So I found that it really does help me, you know, in, in, in that instance. But students need to understand the teachers are there for you. They're there for your growth. Yeah. They're sacrificing their time to help you. Yeah, they're getting paid for it, but they could have gone to any other job and got paid more money. But they're there for you. And and who loves you more than your parents? You'd oh. say nobody, right? Like uh, as in as in here, as in yeah, yeah, you know, humans. <laughs> of course Allah loves you more than that. Yeah. But your parents love you, right? And your parents would do anything for you and they'd, they'd help you out and so on and so forth. They're talking about majority, mm-hmm. right? Your teachers have that love for you in a different way. They want to see you successful, Right? And we're talking about Muslim, non-Muslim teachers. It doesn't matter. When a teacher comes and meets a student 10 years on and they've become a doctor or a lawyer or a surgeon or, or you know, they're running a multi-million dollar business or whatever, that teacher just inside 
gives themselves a little high five. Yeah, little yeah. yes. I contributed to that. And that's why a majority of teachers think. You know, I contributed to that. So that's why we get up in the morning. That's why we go to school. That's mm. why we put up with all the all the admin uh, stuff, all the student stuff and the rest of it, to keep going, to see that kid prosper. Our success is written in their success mm. you know, as teachers. And that's what we love to see. So it's a yeah, very loaded question. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> um, you gave me my answer. I love it. But did, you, did you do a little yes when I started the podcast? I was actually very <laughs> proud of you and Ali. Yeah. I was. <laughs> oh, actually, I actually was. <laughs> the lowest, yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, oh my God, these guys are taking YouTube and the rest of my... <laughs> oh, it's better being a YouTuber. I play games. I don't understand. I'm really sorry. I'm trying. We're people who watch other people play games. <laughs> Why would you do that? Go play it yourself. It's hitting home a little bit. Have you been watching? Go play it yourself, man. Why are you watching another person play a game? <laughs> and they're talking. No, no, I was, I was proud when you said something about podcasts. You know, and doing that. I'm like, at least you're interacting with people. You're going out and inviting people. You're having a chat. You know, it's out there. Mashallah, it's growing. Mashallah. Were you ever worried for Ashraf though? Huh? Were you, were you ever worried for him? Ashraf, um, <laughs> he's nervous. <laughs> this might not go no, no, the episode. No, no. Ashraf, Ashraf was no, no. I I rated Ashraf like an energizer bunny. So he was. You taught me my last year there. He, Ten. Yeah. yeah. You taught me my last year. He was. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. saying like it was my last year. It wasn't like grade seven. Oh, yeah. like no, no. Like so but he'd always get things done, you know. And if he wanted to do it, if he wanted to do it, he he could he could get it done. Mm. But it was up to him. Mm. So that type of mover and shaker is always going to do things. Yeah. So you don't worry too much about that one. You worry about the person that just sort of sits there and goes, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> but yeah, you worry about that person. Because yeah. that person's going to get an obstacle in, in, their, in, their, in, their, in their way and they're going to say, eh, all right, I quit. Yeah. You know? And that's another thing. This generation now, yeah. they go into teaching, whatever. Yeah. Two years, three years, they're out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been there for 22 years, 23 years. We're, <laughs> come, come on, man. Stay, stay for the journey. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. for coming on. I think we all loved it. You could yeah, see it on our faces. And inshallah, the audience loved it too. So I hope you guys did enjoy the episode. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>